Hello, and welcome to AOL Church, a place to connect. This is where we gather together common people and equip them to live connected lives. AOL Church exists to connect with God, connect with people, and ultimately connect people with God. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. Now, let's listen in on this week's sermon. We'll first go to just one portion, one scripture of of the word of the Lord. Psalms, the 91 chapter, the very famous Psalms 91 and verse 16. And then after that, we'll go to 2 Samuel chapter 5 and we'll read 17 through 20. First will be Psalm, the 91th chapter and verse 16. It says this, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 17 through verse 20 says, But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, All the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hole. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley. They spread themselves because in past times they understood that they took down Saul this way so they figured if they took down Saul this way that they can come the same way against David so they spread themselves in the valley of of Raphraim which that means the valley of giants which means that God was preparing David to fight whole armies later It could have been the Valley of Giant, but it was the Valley of Giants. He's preparing him to battle, to fight whole armies later. In other words, God's letting him know the giant that you're fighting today, there's others coming behind it. Verse 19 says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines in thy hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord has broke forth upon my enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, and that's where we'll stop. In your attention, my assignment today is to preach to you on this thought the secret place of breakthrough anointing, the secret place of breakthrough anointing. Right where you are. If you will just close your eyes and you ask God, God, anoint my mind to receive 
my heart, Lord God, to take in the word of God. Give me ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. Change me, Lord. Challenge me, God. Let this be a place, Lord Jesus, that I change, Lord. And that, Lord God, I'm effective in the kingdom for you. And as you pray that prayer, and before you're seated, would you give God praise, honor, and glory in this place? For he is well worthy of all the glory and the honor and the praise. Hallelujah. And you may be seated in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, praise team, for singing what you've sang and bringing us into the presence of the Lord. But more importantly, that you have also been sensitive to the will of God. I want to bring your attention today to the book of Samuel and these two verses that we read in the beginning of 1718. David, the word of the Lord said, was anointed to be king over Israel. The Bible says that the Philistines came out against David because they only came out against David. If you'll notice, the Philistines were notified of David's new level of anointing. And I want you to understand that the enemy always is notified of a new level of anointing. And they were notified that David's new level of anointing and they came out to challenge him. The Philistines came up to capture David when they heard that he was anointed king over Israel. And any time that you have a display of the anointing of God on your life, the enemy is always going to come out to try to capture you, to try to bring you into bondage, to try to bring you and keep you hostage. Came up to capture David when they heard. They did not see. They did not have any demonstration or manifestation of miracle or power. All they did was hear that David was anointed king over Israel and they came out to capture him. Can I tell you today, all the enemy has to do is hear that you're anointed. All the enemy has to do is hear that you're going to do something for God. All the enemy has to do is hear that you are going to be used in the kingdom of God. And it will come out and challenge you. They decided that we are going to crush his government in its infancy. That we're not even going to allow it to take off. We're going to come against David at the very beginning of him being anointed king over Israel. And we are going to crush his 
government. We are going to crush his ministry before it is well organized. I've told you so many times before. I'm coming to tell you again this morning. David is at a new level. And always when you're at a new level, it always brings a new devil. So what you could get by with on the old level, you cannot get by on a higher level. What you were able to do on the last level, you're not going to be able to do on this next level. On the last place that you were in, hallelujah, you might have got by with it. But today is a new day. And today is a new level. And today is a new anointing. And with that comes a, a new enemy. Before David was king, he could travel and even live in Philistine territory, and it was okay with him. Before he was anointed king, he could live among them and associate with them and walk in their territory. But the moment that they heard that he was anointed, he became enemy number one. I'm telling you today, hallelujah, the enemy has heard about the anointing of AOL, the anointing has heard about the anointing hallelujah of the believers that hallelujah come at AOL and I'm telling you you cannot go and just associate and be in the territories that you used to be in because today you are enemy number one they have heard about the anointing and if there's anything that the enemy cannot stand, it is the anointing of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because you need to understand that the first anointing, the first anointing would change David's life once he was hurriedly called in from the pastures as he watched his father's sheep. An old sage or prophet, if you will, who roamed the towns and burgs of Israel now came to Bethlehem on God's business. And Samuel the prophet had already reviewed and interviewed all seven of Jesse's sons, not once, but twice. And now David is summoned in to fill the bill, commanding the young teenager to kneel on the floor. He's brought in from the fields. He smells like sheep. He thinks like sheep. He is the one that is over his father's flock. He's called in from the field. Oh my gosh. And then he is commanded because I've looked at everybody else and nobody in this family has the anointing that you've got on you. No one here has got the calling that God has put upon your life. And when he walks in, the prophet commands him to kneel down. He's just a teenager. He's just someone that's been in the field. But can I tell you that the greatest anointing always comes on those that are always in the field. That's what I thought. 
He is commanded to kneel on the floor. Samuel reaches inside his cloak and removes a horn of oil. That horn of oil, hallelujah, has been provided upon the basis of a sacrifice from some animal that is now long dead. The animal's blood has now been spilled on some altar in a distant past out of the sacrifice of that animal. Out of the sacrifice of that innocent animal now has been slain on an altar and the blood has been poured out. Now comes a horn that is carrying the oil that is going to anoint, hallelujah, the next king, hallelujah, of Israel. And now the prophet comes, pulls it out of his coat and out of the sacrifice came the oil of anointing. Tell someone that's the first anointing. The second anointing comes beside the anointing at Bethlehem in 2 Samuel 2 and 4. The second took place when he was anointed as king over the tribe of Judah. He fortified Hebron and took it as his cap capital. And he re reigned there for seven years. But this level came open warfare between the house of David and the house of King Saul's descendants. But the last one would be at the age of 37 in the chapter that we just read in 2 Samuel 5 and 5. It was the last anointing that would be the one to carry him through the dark days of trouble. It's the last anointing that would carry him to the final place of power in the nation of Israel. It is now the third anointing. And the third anointing takes place now at 37 years old. And David is anointed and recognized as king of all of Israel. David now is the veteran soldier and is to take Jerusalem from the Jebusites. It is the third anointing that is on him. But it is after the capture of Jerusalem that the Philistines determine that they are coming to capture David. Notice that the Philistines again rise after the anointing. Before it was no problem. Before it was no big deal. Before you can be among us, live among us, be in our territory. But when the third anointing came on David, then the Philistines said, you are public enemy number one. And after the anointing, then arose the Philistines. Can I tell you, Goliath was a Philistine that came after the first anointing. Now, after the third anointing, the Philistines are after him again. Can I tell you, it does not matter about the great victories that you've had in your past. You cannot just rely on what God's done for you in past years, but there's always going to come another giant to challenge your anointing. And God says, don't you dare worry about it for the anointing. Is the power and strength of my believers. 
Though you have slain Goliath and though you have taken him down and though you have put hallelujah, a sword to his head and chopped his head off, he, God was allowing David to understand that you have been in the valley of giants. There's one that's going to come after Goliath and then the one after that is going to come after him and then one after him and one after him. You are going to have to fight battles, hallelujah, on the battle field of spiritual warfare one right after another but understand this hallelujah your old anointing cannot take care of the new hallelujah enemy that's after you you've got to have a fresh you've got to have a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit The enemies of the kingdom of your soul are not phased by previous victories. They will continue to persevere even in the face of continued defeats. It does not matter how many defeats come to the enemy. He will always come after you. He'll come after you again and again and again and again. It does not matter how many times you have defeated him. Yesterday's defeat does not count for today. You've got to have a conquering victory again today. That's why you cannot rely lie on your yesterday prayer hallelujah you've got to have a fresh oh my god you've got to have a fresh hallelujah encounter with god every single day but pastor you don't understand I had great victory but you don't understand that the Philistines did not stop looking for David even though hallelujah he defeated the Jebusites it did not stop the Philistines from coming after David it did not stop the Philistines from saying hallelujah we will be victorious your enemy has a tenacious appetite and believes that he can defeat you but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world they will not stop looking they will not stop attacking they will not stop coming after you but they will not be victorious hallelujah now Get your praise in now, because as we go further, you're not going to want to praise. When David was anointed, his problems didn't go away. When David was anointed, his problems did not go away. The anointing is not a problem exemption power. The anointing is power to confront your problems. The anointing is there to give you the boldness and the power and the glory to confront your problems. It is not there to exempt you that you're going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. The anointing is to get you to through the valley to get you back on the mountaintop. The fact of the matter is this. When David was anointed, his problems got bigger. 
<laughs> when David was anointed, his problems got bigger. When David was anointed with fresh anointing, and when David was anointed with a third level anointing, his problems multiplied. Now don't let that discourage you. Because some people are like, if my problems are going to get worse, I don't even want a greater anointing. But that's not the way that we should look at this. When the bigger problems come, and they will. Anointed or not anointed. When the bigger problems come, you are anointed with a bigger anointing. Can I tell you, as the day grows darker, the anointing grows bigger. As the day grows more perverse, the anointing gets greater. Quit looking at what's happening all around us in the world and look what's happening in the spiritual realm. As it gets darker, the anointing gets greater and bigger. If I were you and want to be anointed of God, I'd throw my hands up and say, thank God, hallelujah, that I'm living in the day that I'm living in. Because as the day gets darker, the anointing gets greater, the anointing gets bigger, the light gets brighter. Tell somebody around you, a greater anointing. Because it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is the divine, supernatural equipment for everything. I'll try it again. For everything. Not for some things, but for everything. This is where I'm going to get you. Hallelujah. The anointing is not for shouting. The anointing is not for dancing. The anointing is not for goosebumps. Okay, don't mistake what I'm saying, though. I'm not saying that the anointing is placid or is it calm or is it relaxed. On the contrary, I believe anywhere the anointing shows up, there will be activity. Anywhere the anointing shows up, there will be activity. If the anointing's in the service, hallelujah, somebody's going to praise God. If the anointing's in the service, somebody's going to worship him. If there's some, if the anointing's in the service, somebody's going to shout, somebody's going to dance, somebody's going to praise, somebody's going to worship. Wherever the anointing shows up, there will be activity. I'm just saying the anointing is far more than just emotionalism. The anointing is far more than just a feel good. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the supernatural equipment to destroy the works of the devil. It's not just to come in here and say, man, we had a great service. It's not just to come in here and say, man, I got my shout on the day. It's not just to come in here and say, man, I felt goosebumps. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, is designed to destroy the works 
of the devil. How can you say that, Pastor? I didn't say it. Isaiah said it. For he said the anointing is burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. What does that mean? He said, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and thy yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Got problems? You need to get anointed. Hallelujah. Got pressure? You need to be anointed. I believe that we should expect, and I hope I get somebody. I believe that we should expect that every time we gather together, that yokes will be destroyed. Every time we gather together, that bondages will be broken. Every time we gather together, bodies will be healed in the name of Jesus. And that's exactly what will happen if the Holy Ghost has his way in this place right now. I'm telling you, in the authority and the power of God, hallelujah, yokes are being broken in the authority and the power of God. Bondages are being broken in the authority and the power of God. Hallelujah. Healing is coming to the body. Hallelujah. It is the will and the purpose of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. I don't care what the problem is If the Holy Ghost is here He's going to want his way I don't care what it is That's standing in your way If the Holy Spirit is here It will fall down It will crumble It cannot stand It will not be a barrier It will not be a hurdle I could be wrong, but I believe our level of expectation for the supernatural, for the miracle working, for glory and power of God is far too low. I'm going to try it again. I could be wrong. I don't believe that I am. I believe our level of expectation for the supernatural, for miracles for signs, for wonders, for the glory and power of God to work is far too low. I believe today that everybody that wanted to be healed can be healed. I believe today everything that wanted to be delivered can be delivered. I believe today you believe that, would you give God a shout of praise? If you believe that, would you allow the enemy to understand? Hallelujah. I expect healing. I expect miracles. I expect wonders. I expect signs. If you're watching online, hallelujah, lift your hands to the screen and expect to be healed in the name of Jesus. If you're watching online, lift your hands right where you are and expect to be delivered in the name of Jesus. If you've got the spirit of the Holy Ghost, would you stir that up just for a minute?
I feel the presence of the mighty God in this house. I feel the presence If you're here, you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right now. If you're here, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you can receive it right now. If you're here, you've never spoken in that heavenly language, you can speak it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's somebody around you that needs it. Would you just slip your hand on them right quick and say in the name of Jesus, you can receive anything. You can receive everything right now in the name of Jesus. There's a manifestation of God's power and presence in this house right now. Whatever you need, our Savior is here. I felt something break in the name of Jesus. At the very least, help me preach to somebody. You preach this to them. Say, at the very least. Even if there aren't any sick that need to be healed. We should still be experiencing the fire of his presence. That shifts, that elevates us to new levels of glory, hallelujah, and presence every time we meet. There should never be a dead, boring, hallelujah service. Every time we walk in the door, there should be a new level. Every time we walk in the door, there should be a shift. Every time we walk in the door, there should be something elevating our faith and elevating. Can I go a little bit deeper? Uh, we should be experiencing fresh baptisms of the Holy Ghost and fire. You ain't got to wait till the altar call. There should be fresh baptisms of the Holy Ghost and fire every time we come to the house of God. There should be such a hunger and thirst and a craving for the glory of God that we will not be satisfied with anything less than the tangible, manifested presence of Jesus. Hello? I didn't come to church to go through the motions. I didn't come to church to hear three songs and a sermon and leave. I came to church to get in the presence of God with my brother and my sister. I came here, hallelujah, to feel a change. I came in here to get a healing. I came in here to get a deliverance. I came in here to get encouraged in the presence of the mighty God. The undisputable truth is, you will only get what you're willing to reach for. 
You only get what you're willing, willing to reach for. I wonder today, stopping just for a moment, how many have come in this place wanting and willing, hallelujah, to reach for a greater glory, for a, for a new level, for God to do something greater in your life, for God to do something greater in your family. If you're here and that's you, would you begin to reach for it right now? Because if you begin to reach for it, God, hallelujah, is going to respond. If you begin to reach for it, God is getting ready, hallelujah, to open the windows of heaven. And it follows, if you can live without it, you will live without it. Hunger is the magnet that draws the presence of God. Hunger is the thermometer God uses to check our spiritual temperature. Our hunger is a prophecy. Our hunger is a prophecy. Because if you remember, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. All you got to do is hunger after it. All you got to do is thirst after it. And it said, you will be filled. You'll be filled in the exact proportion to the intensity of your hunger. That's why some people are starving to death. Because you will be filled to the exact proportion to the intensity of your hunger. Since hunger is the rule God uses to pour out his, his spirit out, we should be asking God not for blessing, not for gifting, not for ministry, not for talent. We should be praying and asking God to increase our hunger and to increase our desire. Because it is in his presence that we are anointed with his power. And if you ever, if there ever was a time when we need the power of God, it's right now. If there's ever been a day you needed the anointing of God, it is right now. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit to fall and rest on your people. For we need it like no other era. We need it like no other time. We need it like no other day, God. Rita no lo 
We need it today, right now. For the anointing will make you bold. For the anointing will not make you care for anything but the presence and power of God. The anointing, no matter what enemies after you, no matter how many have come to attack you, the anointing when David received his third level of anointing. He immediately showed up on the devil's radar screen. He showed up as a threat to the devil. Can I tell you today? It's because the, the anointing that's on your life that you have been indicated, that you have been noticed, that you have been put on the want list of the enemy. It's the anointing that puts you on the devil's radar. It's the anointing. That the enemy knows can break yokes. It's the anointing that the enemy knows can break every chain of bondage. It's the anointing the enemy knows that can set the captives free. It's the anointing. And just because you are on the radar of the enemy... Don't you dare despise the anointing of God that's on your life. Can I pray? Can I preach like this? How can And you stay wherever you are right now. Until you are anointed, you don't really even show up on the devil's radar screen. You're no threat to hell. Until you're anointed, the devil doesn't even pay you any attention. Until you're anointed, you are no threat to hell. But the moment they hear of the anointing, they're coming to take you captive. That's why the enemy fights your prayers. That's why the enemy fights your praise. That's why the enemy fights your worship. That's why the enemy will fight you from finding a prayer closet. Hallelujah. Because he understands. If you ever get alone with God long enough, you're going to come out of that anointed. If you ever get the moment and the and the and the and the and the brain, hallelujah, to understand if I praise him, I don't care if nobody else does, but if I praise him and it's all by myself, the moment I feel the presence of God, the anointing of the Lord is on me. <laughs> you become a threat to hell. That's why people will talk about you, stab you in your back, talk you down, tell you not to worship, tell you not to praise. Don't you dare, hallelujah, worship with that praise team. Don't you dare, hallelujah, get with the musicians. Don't you dare. Why? Because they understand the anointing is going to come on you. That's why it's so strong against preaching. You want to know why? Hallelujah. Because when I walk up in this platform, when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel anointed. 
I don't feel anointed when I wake up. I don't feel anointed, hallelujah, getting ready for church. But the moment I start saying, thank you, Lord, for this day, and thank you, God, that you've given me the opportunity, and thank you, God, hallelujah, the moment I start to speak, hallelujah, I feel the presence of the Lord. And when I feel the presence of the Lord, I feel the anointing. You're not hearing me today. When the praise team begins to sing and the musicians begin to play, hallelujah, and you feel those goosebumps on you in the sanctuary, or you feel that foot start tapping, or those hands start clapping, guess what? It's the presence of the Lord, and they are initiating the anointing of the Lord in the sanctuary. That's why they're fought. That's why they're attacked. That's why they're marked. Because they understand, the enemy understands the moment they play, the moment they sing. It's the anointing that makes you dangerous to hell. I thought I'd get somebody to shout out. It's the anointing that makes you dangerous to hell. Not your gifting. Not your ministry. Not your words. Not your actions. It's the anointing that makes you dangerous to hell. It's the anointing that gives the devil nightmares. I wish you'd turn it on him. I wish you'd quit being, hallelujah, so carnal. I wish you'd quit being so lukewarm. I wish you'd turn it on the devil and give him nightmares because you're anointed. And you need to understand this and hear it. And hear well, the anointing is visible in the spiritual realm. The anointing is visible in the spiritual realm. You might be invisible, but the anointing that's on you is visible in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh. Remember the devil recognizes the anointing. He don't want you to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The devil recognizes the anointing because it's the anointing is the same power that kicked him out of heaven. He recognizes the anointing because it's the anointing that took authority over him and the angels and kicked them out of heaven. It's the same anointing that comes on you. My God. Everything Jesus did, every miracle, every healing, every deliverance was by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Because you have to remember this verse, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I believe that every believer, I believe that every born-again Christian, child of God, and every blood-washed, spirit-filled Christian should be asking and should be actively seeking and should passionately pursuing a new level of anointing. Why? Because we need it. 
Because we're already fighting on a new level. We're already fighting in a new arena. We're already fighting. That's why we need a new anointing. You may not like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We are fighting higher level devils. You may not understand it, but the truth is there are different ranks. And there are different levels of demons in the kingdom of darkness. <laughs> and we are definitely fighting higher level devils today than in the past. Hello? You can't fight what you used to fight with the same thing you fought it with. We're fighting, hallelujah, we're fighting devils on new levels. We're fighting things that are coming out of hell that have been reserved for the day that we're living in right now. There's never been a day like we're living in right now. There's never been a more lustful, perverse, nasty generation that we're living in right now. But can I tell you that hell has reserved things? So has heaven reserved things. There are greater anointings. There is greater power. There is greater things that God has in store. Nonchalant, haphazard, half-hearted, lukewarm relationship with God is not going to cut it anymore. Sorry to tell you, everyone watching online, sorry to tell you that, but it will not cut it anymore. I am convinced that if we don't learn the secret of living from the secret place, we aren't going to make it. Psalms 91 is a covenant of blessings and promises that are only between God and those who live in and from the secret place. What does that mean? Honey, don't quote it and don't claim it if you're not in it. You can't claim Psalms 91 unless you're living in Psalms 91. And from this secret place, we become the anointed of God. The anointed of the Lord. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is standard operating equipment for the child of God. It's not something just for special people. It's not something just for the ministry. It's not something for somebody that's, that preached crusades or, or anything of that nature. It's for every believer. It's standard operating equipment for every child of God. The anointing is just not the feeling of a wonderful presence of the Lord. Though we are thankful of His presence, the anointing is different. The anointing is for warfare. The anointing is for casting out demons and devils. The anointing is for healing the sick. The anointing is for delivering the bound and the oppressed. The anointing is for setting the captives free. The anointing is for breakthrough. When you operate under the anointing, everything you do becomes part of your warfare against hell. 
I want you to understand, I'm going to say it again. When you operate under the anointing, everything you do, everything you do, becomes a part of your warfare against hell. What does that mean, Pastor? Under the anointing, your giving is warfare. Under the anointing, your singing is warfare. Under the anointing, your playing is warfare. Under the anointing, your clapping of your hands are warfare. Under the anointing, your worship is warfare. Under the anointing, just playing an instrument becomes warfare. Under the anointing, hallelujah, your witness becomes warfare. Under the anointing, Under the anointing, your prayer becomes a warfare. Under the anointing. Under the anointing, everything you do. I don't know about you, but I made up my mind. Everything I do, I want to count. Everything I do, I want it to be warfare because I want it to be under the anointing of God. What they're doing right now, under the anointing, it's warfare. I dare you to take just one moment and whatever God's telling you to do, go ahead and do it because under the anointing, it's warfare. Under the anointing, it's warfare. Everyone watching online, whatever God's telling you to do right now, go ahead and do it because under the anointing, it's warfare. Can I tell you that all of hell's trembling right now? Can I tell you every devil's worried right now? Hashaka, How can you say that, Pastor? Because when David began to play his harp, evil spirits left Saul. It wasn't that Saul wanted to be released from it. It's not Saul that's asking David, would you pray for me? It's not Saul that's asking David, would you lay hands on me? David just started playing his harp, and then evil spirits started to leave. Why? Under the anointing, everything becomes warfare. Under the anointing, when you lift your hand, it becomes warfare. Under the anointing, when you begin to worship, it becomes warfare. Under the anointing, when you begin to praise, it becomes warfare. Things begin to fall out. Things begin to let loose. Things begin to open. Things begin to crumble. Doors begin to open. Prisons are begin to be released. The secret place is not a hideout where we run to get away from the enemy. The secret place is where we go 
to get empowered in strength, anointed, instructions, in a freshness of God's power. Yes, the secret place is a place of safety for those who dwell there. But the secret place is much more than just that. The secret place becomes the sacred place. And the sacred place becomes the most desired place. In that secret, sacred, desired place is where you cultivate a personal and intimate relationship with the Lord. Jesus said, enter into thy closet. Shut the door. Because I don't want nothing in here but you and me. When you enter into that place, shut the door. Shut it on your shut it on everything that's going through your mind. Shut the door on every emotion. Shut the door on every, because when you come in here, I want it to be just you and me. Enter into that closet. Shut the door. Then pray to your father in secret. Then he said, The father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Too many people are putting too much emphasis on letting people hear how powerful their prayer is. When God said, if you'll go to the prayer closet, shut the door and pray with me in secret, I'll do thing, I'll reward you openly. What nobody has heard. Oh my gosh. Psalms 91 says, first David talks about all the safety and protection. Thank God for it. For those secret place dwellers, there is safety, there's protection. But then it comes to verse 13. It shifts from safety and protection to authority and power. <laughs> See, you can't have authority and power till you get into the secret place with God. You don't understand authority and power until you understand the protection and the anointing of God. You cannot operate in authority and power till you understand and uh, understand to operate in the anointing and the protection of God. Because the anointing will fight your enemies and then it will bleed over to protection so you won't talk about your, you won't talk about your brother and sister. You won't talk about your pastor. You won't talk about your church, but it will bleed over till you'll have a protection and fight against anything that comes against it. Oh, I feel the anointing right now. I feel the power and the anointing. Tell somebody close to you, there is an anointing for protection. Then there's an anointing for demonstration. For manifestation, for manifestation of the power of God over the works of the devil. Pastor, I don't know if I really believe that. Good. Let me read it to you. Psalms 91, 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, snake, and the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under thy feet. Wait a minute. That sounds so familiar because you're saying, well, Pastor, that's Old Testament. Let me bring you into the new level, New Testament, because it sounds like Luke 10, 19, where it says, behold, I give unto thee power. 
to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why? The power is the anointing. And the anointing can only be found in the secret place. Can I tell you, without the anointing, you're dead in the water. Without the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you are an invitation to disaster. The anointing is the Holy Spirit and is the key to the abundant life. David writes, Thy anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. See, you only want to be anointed for the moment. David said, I've been anointed three times, and guess what? I found out on the third time, if you'll just let it run, if you'll just let it flow, it will overflow your cup. It will overflow your vessel. It will overflow your container. The anointing is the key to the effective life. Zechariah writes, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now that I got you there, now I want to draw your attention to something that's very powerful. Ready? What did David do when he received the third level of anointing and heard the Philistines were come out against him? What did he do? The Bible says, but when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it, and he went down to the hold. Let me, gosh, God, God's just throwing it on me today. When the enemy hears of the anointing, it comes and attacks. When David hears of the enemy, he goes to the secret place. The way that you know what you're operating under is if you are under, if you go and attack somebody, you're under the anointing of the enemy. But if you're under the anointing of God, you're going to go to the secret place. You're going to go hear what God has to say. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anybody else. I want to hear what God says. If you hear something and run to somebody else and tell them you hear about so-and-so, they did this, they did that, you hear about so-and-so, you hear about what pastor that said, whatever, you're operating under a spirit of the enemy. Because when the enemy hears of the anointing, it immediately goes on the attack. But the child of God that's anointed, as soon as he hears it, he goes into the secret play of prayer. <laughs> Second Samuel five seventeen. We read it. The word says, "Hold." It means stronghold, fortress, defense. Then verse nineteen says, "And David inquired of the Lord." 
Shall I go up against the Philistines? Some of you need to quit taking matters in your own hands. Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Should I go out and fight this enemy that's trying to attack my anointing? See, you take things too personally. You think the enemy's coming to fight you. It's, also, it's just coming to fight your anointing. Wilt thou deliver them in my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up. For I will doubtless deliver the Philistines in thy hand. The hold is just another way of saying the secret place. That's what the hold represents. It is the place where you get everything you need. It's the place where you get energized. It is the place you get revitalized. It is the place you get instructions and direction. It means getting alone with God. It means I recognize that I need divine instruction. And I recognize I need divine assistance. <laughs> so I don't go off on my own tangent. And I don't go off on my own direction. And I don't go off on my own thoughts. It is the secret place of the Most High. He that dwell. Dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. David knew his success was not being just being anointed. Here's where I lose you, okay? David knew his success was not just being anointed. He knew it was a personal fellowship and communion with the Lord himself. Too many believers count too much on themselves. Yes, David knew he was anointed, and David was anointed. Not once, not twice, three times. But he also knew he had to stay connected to the source. I see too many people in church today who are foolishly leaning on their anointing alone. In other words, they don't think they need to come to church. In other words, they don't think they need to come to Bible study. In other words, they have deceiving themselves into believing that they're okay. Because they feel this presence. And because they spoke in tongues. And because they spoke in the heavenly land. Well, pastor, I speak in tongues in my house. Good, you should. I love you. And that's why I'm going to say this to you. If you think you can miss church four times out of five, if you don't pay your tithes, if you think Bible study is not necessary, if you're not seeking God and you're not spending time in his presence and you're not loving and you're not worshiping him in a secret place, you're not okay. In fact, you're lying to yourself. You're self-deceived. And I believe you're in a very dangerous spiritual condition. I believe that you are not only in danger of backsliding, you are backsliding. Uh -huh. That's what I thought. You want to know what scares me? You want to know what really scares me? 
And my daughter would be like, something scares you? Yeah, there's something that really scares you. You want to know what scares me? That we're living in the darkest, most treacherous, most evil times of our entire lives. And multitudes of church people act like nothing's happening and carry on as usual. That scares me to death. If you are not aggressively, passionately pressing forward, then the fact is you are passively backsliding. David went down in the hold. I say it this way. David got a hold of God. David knew he would not rest on past victories or on past accomplishments or on past experiences with God or past anointings. David knew he needed a fresh fire of God burning in his life. I'm telling you today, I don't care how great your past accomplishments were. I'm telling you today, I don't care how great experiences you have been in. I'm telling you today, I don't care how anointed you were at one time. You need a fresh fire of God. You need to get down in that hole. You need to get a hold of God until God gets a hold of you. You need to cry out to God for a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Not just in times of trouble, but every single day. Hear me and I'm almost finished. What God is trying to lead us into is the revelation of not only having a secret place experience every day, but living from the secret place every day. When David came out of that hold, he had divine instructions. When David came out of that prayer closet, he had divine presence. When David came out of that prayer closet, he had divine power. When David stepped out, he had anointing like he never had anointing on him before. And the Bible says that David came to, to Baal Pazar and David smote them there and said, The Lord has broken forth upon my enemies before me as a breach of waters. What does that mean, Pastor? That means when he got into that place, got a hold of God, got divine instruction, got divine power, got anointing, stepped out, God said, there's been things that have been on hold. But because you've come to this place, it's getting ready to break. It's going to be like water that's been held back by breaches. And when it breaks, it is going to consume your enemy. There are things that have been put on hold. There are things that are in storage. 
until David went down into the hole, until David got a hold of God and God got a hold of David. That's the purpose for the anointing. The purpose of the anointing is to smite the enemy, to undo the works of darkness. It's not just how well you preach. It's not, I'm so anointed, I'm going to get asked to preach conferences. It's not that I can pray a hundred people through to the Holy Ghost. It's not, it's not going to work unless I'm in the service. It has nothing to do with that. The anointing is there to destroy the works of the devil. That is the Lord of the breakthrough. He's the master of the breach. He's the, he has the battle in his hand. He is the strong tower. He is the defense. He is the shield. He is the refuge. And he has it all under control. And he has a plan. But you don't know his plan until you get in a secret place. You try to control the anointing. You try to control the weapon. You try to control the flow. But God said, the moment you get in the secret place, the breach is going to break. Because my plan is, understand that this breakthrough for Israel could not have occurred unless David had been willing to go to the secret place and the next level and face a new enemy. Our problem is we just have a want and wish list for God, for blessings, and we're settling on living on an old level with old anointing when God has called us into a new place. And you can't get the blessing and you can't get the breakthrough because you're trying to operate on an old level. But this battle was the turning point. If you hear anything, you hear this. This battle was the turning point. The beginning of the breach in the power of the Philistines and was the breaking of the demonstration and domination of the promised land that they had come and tried to occupy. This was the breaking. This was the releasing. This was the point that... God said, okay, David, if you're bold enough, if you'll come into me that way and get in that secret place, I'll break something that your past generations could not break. I'll give you something that's prophecy in the word of God because you have just stepped into a new level. And if you're going to operate in this type of anointing, then I'm going to release everything that's been on hold. Can I tell you from this point on, David had a stronger position. From this point on, he always defeated them in battle. There was not a battle that he ever lost to the Philistines after this particular moment in battle because the spiritual tide of victory had turned. John, 1 John 3 and 8 says this, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. That is why we must get back 
into the hold or get back to the secret place. Not just as a refuge from the storm. Not just as a refuge from going through what you're going through and hide out. But the place where we are refreshed. And the place that we are revived. The place where we receive fresh fire. I don't know about you, but I need fresh fire, especially in the day that we're living in. And where God downloads orders. God downloads orders. Can I just say something? And I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it there. We live in an age where you can go to your computer and in seconds... You can have information to where you, you can look something up, have information, you can go into archives, and you can get all the information you want. And we thrive on that technology, and we're amazed in that technology, but we don't think God can do it. It's a place where we can go where God downloads orders, downloads instruction. Downloads direction. It's a place where we're clothed with the anointing of God. Talk about the super highway. But most importantly, if you'll stand to your feet, most importantly, it's the place where God wants us to live from. He wants us to live from. The secret place. I don't know how you feel right now. I don't know what it is that you need right now. I don't know if this word has spoken to you. If it has, I'm asking you right now, before Eric even touches the keyboard, that if you need fresh fire from God, that you'll step out, come to this altar, lift your hands, and God's going to do something in this last moment of the service. If you are here and you want to get into that secret place, if you're here and you feel like, you know what, I want to step into that new anointing, that new level, and Lord God, I want to operate, Lord God. I've got to operate under the anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost. As you come, would you lift your hands? And as you come, would you begin to lift your voice? And would you begin just to talk to God? Pastor could instruct, but it's really between you and God. Pastor can get you to the place.